Welcome to the Check This Out Podcast, episode 156, with your host, Ronald Donald Ryan Briggs. Yes, and in this episode, this special episode, we had a great guest, Brent Warner, and he shares his future adventure that he's taken. How did you say that was past tense? We haven't talked to him yet. It, I'm magical. Oh, we're about to talk to Brent. Yes, we're going to have a lot of cool things in this episode. Plus, we got some fun games to play, some extensions to download and try. And then we also shared some things to listen to or to stream so Brent can listen on his journey to Neverland. I don't know where he's going because we haven't talked to him yet. All on episode number 156. Hey, Brian, did you know that every day, if you got a clock that does its ding-dong on the hour, if you add up all the gongs in one day... 156 gongs. That's 78 in the morning and 78 in the p.m. for a grand total of, I forget the number, 156 gongs. 156. That's a lot of gongs. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of gongs. Hey, uh, if you're listening to this on July 10th, that's Monday, it's Don't Step on a B Day. Because so it would hurt my foot. That would hurt my that's foot, right. wouldn't it? We had a, since we had a few bees on this episode, I thought it was appropriate that you don't step on a bee today. Oh, I get it. The letter B. Yeah. Have you That's stepped right. on a bee before, Brian? I have. It wasn't fun. Like it was a dead bee? bee. Yeah, I was barefoot and it was a dead bee and it still stung me. Oh boy. That's it. That's sad. <laughs> All right, guys, everybody, this is episode number 156. If you're listening, it is July 10th, and the episode is titled Brent's Blue Bubble. And it's titled Brent's Blue (laughs) Try that again. (laughs) Titled Brent's Blue (laughs) Bubble. You you give it a shot. (laughs) You go, Brian. Here we go. It's Brent's Blue Blocker bonus episode. Easy to say. Welcome to the Check This Out podcast, the EdTech podcast for educators looking to find inspiration, motivation, or just that one thing they can share with others and say, you got to check this out. Welcome, beautiful people. Holy cow, this has been a long time, Mr. O'Donnell. Uh, welcome to the Check This Out show. I think that's what... Welcome. Welcome. Jesus, last episode, was, this is 156, 155, remember that one, Dirty Beard? Uh, it was right before going to Q. <laughs> I don't, I remember the title though. Yeah, I think it was like right before, we released it right before going to Q, uh, to back in back in the spring. It's been kind of a, been hectic times, dare I say. It's been a while, and it's just, it seems like longer, longer stretches, but we're not dead yet, is what we're trying to say. That's right. Don't count us down for the count. We'll keep on. Yeah, don't kick us yet. We're still yeah. we're still moving. We're still breathing. We're still living. So what's our plan for today, Mr. Brian? We're going to do something different? We It is going to be a, a different of a twist. We're going to be checking someone out in today today's episode. Uh, like we talked about that doing the check them out uh, type episode. And that's what this one is. It, we're, we have the one and only Mr. Brent Warner on the show with us and uh we're going to talk some conversations with brent on what his horizons his exciting future coming on so brent welcome ahoy how are you i'm doing well did you just say ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> okay I thought, 
Ahoy, Captain. Real fast, how come there wasn't a sound effect when you said his name? Isn't that like standard with all podcasting? When you introduce somebody, there's a I button you hit? I want the trumpets blaring, really. <laughs> not, not the... No, not that. <laughs> I don't even know it's programmed anymore. Hey, like, the, like the 20th century, no. century Fox intro, like a real Our big, shenan- like... Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. I don't, I don't. <laughs> you just got random buttons. That's right, I don't know. Dun, da, da, da. Yeah, so we got Brent here, but for folks who, uh, let's do a little introduction. Brent, we'll let you introduce yourselves. Tell us who you are and where you are and what you do. In uh, yeah, okay, so my name is Brent Warner. I am a professor of uh, English as a Second Language at Irvine Valley College down in uh, Southern California, and um I also do a couple podcasts uh, around these things. So uh, I do one called Diesel, uh, which is about uh, developing innovation in ESOL. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's my side gig as a as a uh, as a as a long haul trucker, and then uh, <laughs> and then it, which you should do. For, I, I like the idea of two separate Diesel podcasts. Right. People <laughs> won't know. Yeah. There's a new episode of Diesel. Like which one? Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I think that is a good idea, and I might take you up. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> so that is not my second one. My second one is a higher ed tech podcast. If anyone is into uh, higher ed conversations around technology and that type of stuff, and so uh, that's my that's my work. That's what I do. And you've been podcasting for how long? Long time. So I used to have a podcast called Ed Tech TV, um, and uh, that started. I think I started that around twenty. 12 ish i want to say and then uh kind of faded out on that after a while it was hard to do it by myself and then i realized having having partners made it a lot easier um and so uh so now i've got these two shows with some co-hosts and uh you know i've been going pretty strong pretty consistent that's great how regular are you guys every two weeks yeah. Um, so the diesel is straight up every two weeks, and the higher ed tech one, uh, we take the summer off. And so uh, it's kind of uh, five in the fall and five in the uh, spring semester. Or sorry, 10, 10 in the fall and 10 in the spring semester, five months of those. And your co host for the higher ed, who do you, is it someone at your college there or is it? Yeah, yeah. His name's Tim Van Norman. He's our instructional technologist. Um, and he, you know, he knows kind of all that back end IT stuff. So he's able to talk about the like, the more, um, like what happens and why things happen and what the rules are around them. And I'm talking about like, let's just, let's, what, what are we going to do in the classroom and that type of stuff? So good. And then Diesel, uh, you're, your counterpart and she's in texas right yeah so that's uh ishel reyes and she is uh she's currently in texas she's all over the world because her job takes her teaching from you know this place and that place but at the moment she's based out of texas and uh and then she was in taiwan up until recently um she was in japan before that and then i'm leaving now as soon as she came back to texas i'm going to japan and so uh, we're, we're rotating very cool. And that that's what we are going to talk about this episode is, is your summer plans. I, again, I, I find it fascinating and exciting. I mean, uh, that's why I wanted you to come on and share. I think it's, it's, it's amazing the opportunity you have. 
Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going on sabbatical. Uh, That's just crazy. Yeah, sabbatical. so wow. I know, Ryan, you keep giving me the side eye every time I talk about this. It <laughs> wow. is the last like great benefit of my job. And I have colleagues that don't take advantage of this, which, you know, like I love my colleagues, but I'm like, why the hell? Are, can we say hell on this show? Why the sure. heck are you not taking advantage of this wonderful benefit, which is essentially that you can take time off, you work on a project, um, but you're not teaching during all of that time. And because of what mine is it's it's a book project uh, i can do it from anywhere and so uh, my wife and i said let's move back to japan for a year i used to live there for a bunch of years um and so uh, we decided we're going to move back and i'll do my work from there and then we'll also be traveling uh we're planning on getting like a, a camper van or a conversion van of some sort and traveling all around japan um and uh you know living that nomad lifestyle that uh that all the young kids like me love to do so so in essence your your job for the next year is to write the book for the Correct. sabbatical and yes. again you could be anywhere you could be in canada you can be in tennessee so you're uh, just taking I, advantage I, I, of it. I don't know i mean jen giffen's up in canada i don't know if i would yeah go there Brian Carpenter <laughs> also in, in yes uh, <laughs> so how does the back end how, oh go ahead sorry oh no, no no go ahead so how does the back end work once it's done the publishing piece of this yeah, so the so <laughs> the school basically said, "Hey, don't say you're writing a book for your proposal, say you're writing a manuscript." And so for me to fulfill my contract with the school, I have to produce a manuscript whether or not it's properly uh published. The publishers, I've gotten some, I've gotten interest from publishers a little bit already and kind of going to be sorting that out in the next month or two uh, as I'm doing the writing process, but um I can publish however I want, so I could self-publish, I could publish with a with a publisher and I, I I kind of ideally would like to get it out there with some sort of publisher. Um, but I'm also like wary about some of these publishers just charge so much money for books like these ed tech books or whatever it is. And I just want it to be like a fairly accessible resource for people. And so I'm, I'm trying to sort out if I want to go kind of the independent route or something else like that. But, uh, but the back end can be basically anything that I want to do with it. As long as I've actually done the writing, uh, for the school, that's their requirement. Interesting. Because, yeah, I was wondering what sort of what piece of the pie do they get if this thing was a if this takes off? I mean, do they what sort of ownership do they have? No ownership, but they get um, basically it's about su providing support for the school. So you're supposed you have to do a project that gets approved by a committee. So the, so you actually put together an entire proposal and you say, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is who it's going to help. This is what it's for. And then um, and then you have to say how it's either going to help your department, uh, your school, or your field. And so then you put in that information in there. And then that's uh, you know if if you have it planned out, then the there's a whole committee. They go through it. They give you feedback. Back. like there's a back and forth whole process to it but um but yeah at the end of the day uh if they if they believe that what i've said for the value that it's going to produce for someone uh is accurate then then it gets approved and uh, here we go and most people do a one semester i'm doing a one year uh project here so i am flying out and when you when's the day when's the big day I'm leaving on uh, the 19th, uh, or sorry, 18th of uh, July. So I don't know. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but around that time, I might be flying, or I might be there. Wow! Uh, it'll no, it'll we'll we'll put it out uh, sometime before then. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm still in America when you hear this. Yeah. Yeah, and again, you're talking about this book. Do you care to share what the book is about? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty straightforward. So um, it's it's meant to be a guide for teachers that are a little bit less uh, techy and or or want to use tech in their classes, but don't don't know what to do. And so it's going to be kind of broken down by the language skills because we're talking about English language learners, and so we're really talking about you know, hey, let's do a section that's on vocabulary, reading, writing, listening, speaking, all the main skills, and then uh, tools that a teacher could use to open it up and and find ways to support their students. So it goes in two parts. One, either the way that the teachers could use it in their class with their students or that they could share off with their students and let their students take some autonomy and figure out some ways to learn for themselves. And so the goal is... um, Essentially, one page kind of talks about what the tool is, and one page talks about uh, where how this how the teacher or student could use it. And so, it's meant to be just a resource. Flip open the book to any page; you're going to find something that's in there, and hopefully, useful for uh, for either the teacher or the student as they go. And so, okay, I was going to say like. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, what I, I know, you know, you're at the college level, but this book, yes, it's applicable for, uh, second language acquisition. Um, but again, grade level wise, again, my, I taught primary and uh-huh. they're, they're English language learners. Yeah. I mean, it can be used in the elementary level. And then again, for our newcomers that are coming. Yeah, yeah. So that's always kind of, it's always the trick is like, what age level are you talking about? What, uh, you know, how complicated is it going to be? And so I'm going to have on on my plan is to kind of say like on that page with like the details of the service or the tool or whatever is to have some information on there as well. So like, age appropriate zone if that's a thing you know um uh whether or not everything will be FERPA compliant and all those types of things but it'll be like uh you know uh is it easy or difficult for students to get started i'm actually going to be running classes over the course of the semester with english language learners every couple of weeks and having them test out the tools and then they're going to give me feedback on hey did I, i like this thing i didn't like this thing this was made it easy this is what made it harder whatever that is and so that way i can use it to kind of make decisions so even though we'll be testing out a bunch of different things we'll be able to see like hey this is not just a list of tools but it's kind of vetted through one my own expertise two the classes that i've taught in the in the past but also students that are looking at it individually and seeing if they want to you know uh how how well they deal with those tools as well because you know i mean i've heard you know ryan you talk about all the time is like oh this tool seems like it's great but it's a ton of work and like you know figuring it all out takes hours and hours and and we just don't have time for that in the classroom and so uh some of those parts to it are you know i want it to be practical where everybody can actually say hey we can jump in and start using this thing and it's not like it's going to take a semester just to figure out how to you know load the video file or whatever it is and as you're talking brent about the uh, strategies and also tools themselves I, uh, it started me thinking about some of the books that i've purchased and i've read and i've loved and also that i have felt like that's that's not relevant anymore the relevancy and i even just click quickly brought up one of my favorite ones from Gosh, I don't know. I don't. I can't read with my glasses. But blogs, wikis, and podcasts, and uh, from Will Richardson, which I mm-hmm. thought was a great book. But like, I think the world of blogging is not around anymore. Wikis is not a thing. But like, so how are you thinking about to be able to make sure that this is not you're pointing people in certain places that will not be there anymore? 
Yeah, I, I don't think so. Th this is part of the trick is I don't think that's a total reality anymore is like things do fade out and, the, and they go through times. And so like, that's part of why I want it to be a reasonably priced ideally is that it's, hey, we know that this thing's going to last me for a couple of years, maybe, and I'll be able to jump in, but it's not going to be a forever thing. There might be versions or whatever in the future. And, you know, like I, I don't have depending on who who does this, if I do it myself, then I could do like, hey, if you bought it, you get future versions or whatever those are. Uh, if I do it through a publisher i don't know what they would want to do for those but i i, I am very <laughs> i'm a teacher first and so it's always kind of like uh, what are we spending money on is this going to be valuable to me for a while or not um uh can we drop like maybe in a future version we drop 10 and and add another different 10 or something like that but um but i don't have a perfect answer to that uh and it's and honestly, like my, my proposal, I had that all came in before the AI revolution <laughs> came oh, yeah. through. And so it's like, so I'm like, oh, this whole conversation is so different now. And so what do I, what, and then you know, as you know, there's been like, you know, 2000 tools come out every day now with this AI stuff. Someone just says, Hey, AI, write me, a, write me an AI tool that I can use. And it's like, well, okay. So, so it's going to be about how do we balance that out a little bit? Um, because my proposal is, a relic. Uh, it's already. It's so funny because it's only six months old, but it's a relic of a of a bygone era, and so uh, it doesn't quite line up with what I what exists now. And so I have to find a way to to make those line up and and make sure that it's useful for everyone. For sure, I, we're living in a pre and post AI for sure. Oh, it's crazy. I smell a second sabbatical coming up. Maybe another, <laughs> you know, writing book too. You, you can you can go to a Russia. Yes. Yeah. That that would be ideal. So. Uh, uh yeah, so I, I was gonna make some Russia jokes, but I but I maybe I better not. <laughs> um, no, just the, in the sense that people call me this big bear because I'm all. Anyways, never mind. <laughs> gotcha. I've got my uh, Bigfoot shirt on today, guys. That's for you. That's you like this one, Ryan. Ryan, you like my shirts? Hold on. Let me see. What do we got here? <laughs> big foot bigger butt i like that that's right Makes sense right yeah. yeah yeah if you're gonna be bipedal you need a strong backside to help get you get you moving well big best foot. of luck to you brent and how do you feel like i mean how much writing have you done in the past to prepare you for the uh, am i gonna have a schedule and yeah yeah quiet so, time and all that stuff yeah it's my <laughs> My wife thinks I'm not working this entire time and she keeps telling people that and they're like, no, I'm working. I've got so this is like there is a schedule roughly planned out, which is um, working from four to six hours every day, uh, probably four, four to five days a week. And so it's just like, hey, I'm blocking off my time and this is what I'm working on during that time. Um, if I move a little faster, that'll give me some breathing room. If I move a little slower, then, you know, I can, I'll still have plenty of time to get it all done. And so it's, it, but it is, there is a calendar that I've got planned out and what am I going to do in this day? What am I going to try and get done? How much, how much is going feasibly or realistically going to be able to get done? Cause some of these things I have to reach out to the, you know, developers of the tools and ask them some questions or see if they have people that have used it, that can talk to me a little bit. So I'm really trying to like, I'm actually trying to get in depth and real with this and not just like a writing up a book in, you know, three days and, and, and pushing it out there. So it's a, it's a, it's an endeavor. There you go. And if you mentioned, what was that? 
if possible. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. The week before you're, Oh, I got to fit in. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so guilty of being a last minute procrastinator. Um, if you ever see me at a conference, like when I'm, <laughs> when I'm presenting, you'll see me, you'll see me 30 minutes before, like outside of the place. And I'm completely redesigning my entire slide deck and starting all over from everything. It's, it's an awful habit, but, uh, but yeah, you, pre- you just, you just explain kind of the check this out podcast. That's how we work. That's, that's right. You, you know, say just, let's start at two o'clock. Like, oh crap, it's one forty. I gotta get some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Brett, earlier you mentioned uh, how long how long did you live in Japan earlier? Uh, about 10, 10 years. I was, I was kind of on and off. So it was 10, like seven years actually in Japan, but over the span of ten years, from like when I was roughly twenty to thirty. Um, a little, a little, well, yeah, so around, around those times. So, so I, I lived there for a long time. That was like yesteryear. What are you, my question is, what are, what are some of the things you're looking forward to? Oh my God. Uh, food, first of all. So, um, so just like the quality of food in Japan is so good and everything is excellent. Um, but I'm also just looking forward to a change of pace of lifestyle. I mean, this is something that all teachers really do deserve. And so it's, you know, like to be able to switch things up and, you know, speaking of, speaking of Jen Giffen, she said that in Canada, they do have a system that's kind of like a sabbatical system where they can bank up their time over a certain amount of years and then use it to take a semester off or something like that. Um, that is something I wish really existed here for everybody. Uh, because just to be able to shift my thinking and to kind of go, oh, I don't have to get my brain right back into teaching mode immediately um, and to be able to work on something else that I hope is a value for other people, that's going to be big. But living in Japan, um, particularly, I'm looking forward to... um, the traveling part is going to be the big thing. So we are actually planning on buying a car, a van, and then camping, um, doing like week long road trips out to here and to there. And then, um, just seeing all these amazing places that maybe normally I wouldn't have gone to, uh, as a, as a tourist, or even when I was living there before, because you don't have a car. I mean, Japan's great for a train country, but, uh, but access to things with cars is, is still pretty cool. So, so where, where are you going to be when you need to find those four hours? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you're all in a camper. Uh, so in Japan, they have these things called the the the, the manga kisa, which is like the the uh, they're like computer dens basically like you go into these places and you've probably seen them before where they pull out these little comic books and they go and read in a private tiny little private room and they read their comic books and you can rent those things out for like two dollars an hour three dollars an hour in those little spaces um and then uh but they all have access to computers too so i'll be looking for those things as we travel and then we'll be i'll be popping into those and doing work um obviously i'd like to hook up my own computer so i might end up at Starbucks or some sort of cafe or something right. as well. But yeah, uh, that those will also be accounting for some of that, those shift days where it's like, Hey, we're driving. I can't do anything right now. So, so you gotta be creative is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have a little bit of creativity and you know, I'm hoping you guys have the show going so I can listen to the, <laughs> to check this out. Podcast. Yeah. You'll get at least while you're there, at least two, three episodes. That'd be great. <laughs> That's or our next one is when you return, you know, we'll just bookend it. Perfect. Two full episodes in, in, in a year and a half. And will you like, uh, I don't want to say you're going to do a, another podcast, but a way to document your journey. All right. So this actually, so this is an interesting question and, and you guys tell me what you think. My wife's friends have said, and a few people and a few of my own friends have said too, that I should start a YouTube channel um, and do it as this big 
hairy foreigner speaking Japanese and telling about my experience to Japanese people in in Japanese language as we're traveling around. So it's like a travel travel vlog type of thing, but instead of doing it in English for the overseas people, I'm actually doing it for the Japanese customer base. And then I'm speaking in Japanese and, and practicing my language at the same time. But I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe doing that. Um, How about, I would just say, but I don't know what it's like in Japan, but here it sounds much like a TikTok would be a, would be a great place for that. Yeah, it might or be a, a TikTok. It might might be a uh, Instagram stories. Yeah, one of the, you know, there's all these all these different things. So it could be just simple. Like if if I did it something like that, then it's just like film it right on the spot, be done, and be. Mm-hmm. And then when I don't know, I feel like with YouTube there's a lot of editing and all that stuff too. So I don't know if I have the time for that, but uh, but maybe something like that. And then I'll probably be you know I'll be I'll be documenting with pictures. I, I tend to be more of a picture person rather than videos, but um, you know that's because I'm. Maybe because I'm older and younger people love those videos. That'd be pretty, that'd be really cool though. Yeah, you're, yeah you're just document your journey. So we say, hey, where's where's Brent? And we can do a Brent update uh, every three months. Um, <laughs> would there be a translation for us English pe- for folks who wouldn't speak? So that would be the no, the- Ryan. The the expectation is that you're studying Japanese okay. so that you can follow along. No, what I was just saying is because you're doing it for your Japanese audience, and I'm like, and you're speaking Japanese to them. I'm like, okay, well. Ryan, we can dub it ourselves. We can just put Sounds the words. Good. Good. <laughs> Watch a lot yeah. of Japanese kung fu movies, so I really know how. Those Japanese kung fu movies are, are something else. Uh, but yes, uh, probably like a subtitles of, of English as well, or what I'm at least what I'm attempting to say in English. So the, the correct the, the attempt the correct attempt it would be in English. The messed up Japanese would be on the top two, though, with my my own going. That's funny. All right. So, hey, let's, uh, if you don't mind me transition, Brent, you mentioned we talked a little bit about artificial intelligence. And Brent, if you, if you, if, if any of you have seen him at any, uh, any conferences and uh, real and virtual, Brent has done a lot of uh, presenting and researching and work with this artificial intelligence. He was one of those guys at the very beginning, seeing it was coming, ChatGPT. You were, you were signed up for early this and early that, and mm-hmm. um, this was all basically. When did this all go down? November of last year? Yeah, last day of November, I believe. Yeah, it's um, when <laughs> the world changed, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody went nuts, and I went nuts, too, with it a little, like, uh, ups and downs, you know? I mean, we, we've talked about these things, and it's like, oh, parts of it are rad, and parts of it are super scary, and especially with language learning, um, you know, because <laughs> I, I teach academic writing, and so it's like, as soon as the students get hold of this, like, there's a, every possibility that they would be, you know, jumping in and being like, okay, well, I'm just going to have it translate everything, or I'm just going to have it write the whole thing for me, um, uh, but we did. I did introduce it. I, I talked to my like, cohort of teachers who teach the same level as me, and we said, "Like, hey, do you guys want to do this?" Um, and they, uh, to their credit, they said, well, uh, "Okay, I guess we'll go do it and see what happens." And so we we made starting in January. Our first unit was all about artificial intelligence, how oh, it really? works, understanding it. We went right into it, and everybody, everybody else at the school is like, "Oh my god!" You know, there's like one or two people that were willing to try it out, but um, but we just said like. I, I thought, you know, there's no there's no two ways about it, really. You just have to uh, you have to at least see what's going to happen. And uh, and I, I was able to deal with it and just say, like, hey, let's try and build a culture of trust here. Let's see what happens with with all of these things. Um, didn't always work. There were definitely <laughs> there were definitely times when they're they're doing some uh 
less than honest uh, approaches to using it. But uh, but uh, but at the same time, I, I had a lot of the students saying that they were grateful that that I was talking about it because nobody else was. And uh, I, I imagine that starting in the next semester, m- many more people will be integrating it and, and using it. But at least for that first semester, it was a little bit hard because I was trying to talk to people and they're all coming up with ideas, but nobody was actually working with students with it. And so... Um, so I was struggling a little bit to find people that could say like, hey, this is what's actually going on with my class. And this is what's really happening with the AI conversation as compared to like, you know, here's here's 20 ideas that you can use AI for um, type of thing. But uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's been interesting. And so I am I built a little uh, I know nobody does blogs anymore, but I built a blog. <laughs> Uh, I did. I did build a blog called AI and ESL.com where it's just like experimenting with things and and trying to see like, hey, what are some possibilities? What things are working? Um, what could some of these ideas be? Um, and uh, and yeah, so it's out there. I, I, what? How do you feel about? Because I think this last year was it happened. The revolution happened, and we were in it. And there mm-hmm. wasn't a tons of. There was a few people I would say who were out there who were trying to quickly evolve and test things out. And I think this next year is going to be this, hey, it's been out there. Students at every level now are aware of this thing. Teachers are aware of it. What are the kids doing? What? Are, how are we being able to, I don't say combat it, but um, live in this world? And how do you feel, Brent, as the now this is this this year and you're not going to be in the classroom with, to see this? Well, yeah. So that is actually a big disappointment to me is because I think right now is when people are, I mean, it's still baby stages, but I think people are going to be settling into it a little bit. Um, And so uh, I, I am bummed because I'm like, there's you know, it's like you just learn to walk and then you're going to sit down for <laughs> for a year and then lose all those skills. Right. And so so I am a little bit concerned about that for myself. But I but I'm really interested to see what people start doing. Um, you know, I, there's just so much of that conversation around like kids aren't going to want to, you know, kids are just going to use this to do their work for them or whatever else it is. And I totally get that. Um, but I don't think we have much of a choice to you know, to not have that anymore. And so we start, we have to start saying, well, how do we deal with it? And what are we prioritizing in education and in our learning? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of more moves towards teaching and helping people understand creativity um, in the classroom and, and understanding like how their own voice is of value. And uh, teachers have been moving towards that. You know, that's been a big cue conversation for, for quite a while and, and those types of things, but, but like really actually shifting into it instead of just talking about it because there's not going to be as much of a choice anymore. So, uh, so, you know, like, I mean, I, I still have fears every, every day around it. I go like, I don't know. I don't like this. But on the other hand, I'm like, okay, this is also super cool. And so it's, it's those pluses and minuses. And I think, you know, uh, I, I did hear an interesting quote that I've been sharing. Um, there's this guy, professor, uh, Scott Galloway, and he said, uh, what do you say? He said, AI is not going to take your job. People who know how to use AI are going to take your job. And I thought, okay, that's, that really nails it. And so we need to start helping our students understand how to use these things. And maybe we can, maybe we're starting at higher level thinking processes. Maybe we're, you know, like, I don't know, I don't have all of the answers and I don't think anybody does, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a place where we need to spend our time exploring and thinking more about it. Yeah, and, and in terms of the jobs, it is. We, we've seen throughout history, mechanization, industrialization, all do change jobs. Absolutely, they do. Um, new things will evolve and change, but um, 
you know, we are right on the cusp of, uh, of all of those changes. What I saw a lot this year was the so many kids using it and excited about it for straight up cheating because the teachers had not either had the time or the th had been able to wrap their head around it or maybe some of them will never change but there was just a lot of it's the same assessments it's the same thing and the kids were like man this is you know this is nails like literally we had chad gpt get mentioned in the valedictorian speeches you know the kids are like that they thank them we want to thank our parents we'll thank our teachers administrators let's be honest let's thank chad gpt you're like Oh yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah that that's a brutal a brutal call out in front of the entire school right there. <laughs> but but yeah, <laughs> um, but at the same time, I mean that's the reality because we 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 want to have this conversation. It's like when are we? How much have we settled into our own teaching, for example? Right? How much have we just said, hey, this is this is good enough? I, I get I'm getting the job done. Um, I I would guess that you know check this out listeners and, and Q type of people are, are always trying a little bit more to figure out some things, but so many teachers out there have not, and just kind of, you know, teach from the book all the time. It's like, well, okay, then if, if you're going to present me with boring information, then why am I going to engage with this? Right. And so, so now it really is a big question of like, how do we become more engaging? I mean, I really do think that, uh, uh you know, one of these ideas that I have is that, that teaching is going to become a lot like, a lot like YouTubing where you'll actually have a producer in the room. And so then the teacher is kind of the entertainment version of it. And then the producer is like, you know, <laughs> they've got, the, they've got the Brian Briggs sound effects, of, you know, like yeah. as the teacher's talking, someone else is out there kind of making, making it engaged and like throwing up the quizzes and, you know, doing all these different things to make it a, a more immersive experience in the learning. Um, I, I don't know. I, I see something like that coming down the, down the line. I like you mentioned the future. I am excited about the tools that are to come. Yeah, uh, that haven't even been created yet. Um, that's going to counteract this. Not to, not to get the cheating, but like if for the example, we ran into CuriPod uh, for sandwiches. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a that's something powerful. That you know, I need a lesson right now. It takes five minutes. It, it's it's and you can there's something you can present on. Um, yeah. And so I, and just thinking about the future, what, what has in store again, I would love Ryan would probably appreciate, uh, like you can upload all of this video and if there was an AI to edit and, you know, and splice it together and create it all for you, that would be amazing to save time. So, yeah, yeah I totally agree. I, I'm, I'm interested to hear your guys' perspective on this, too, because I think that there's so much learning that happens in the grunt work, you know, like when you're just sitting down there editing, you're kind of listening to how how people put together words on the recording, you know, like and, I, and, you know, we don't always do all of these things, but like sitting that actual just grinding is a learning process. And so that there's a, there's a concern for me around it too, is like, is that going to be something that we actually lose and how will we make that up? Because that slow process of just working with individual small parts ends up at the, in the long term to be able to say, Oh, okay, this is how I, I, you know, choose to link these words together. or This is how this joke became funny or you know, whatever else it is. Right. And I'm, I do get worried that some of that will be lost and, and will it be made up for in other ways through these tools or not? I'm not sure. Yeah. You mentioned the video piece, Brian, like, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but sort of just the, the beginning of AI and video editing is the, uh, the audio, transcript piece that you can edit so basically you upload your video 
it, it, it makes a transcript of all the text, then you just go to the text box and just highlight the words you don't want, hit backspace and delete, then it cuts that video out of it. And so you literally don't even have to look at any of the video, like, hey, well, I don't want that, those words and this words and this words and cut, 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 and it will trim them all and put it all together. It's pretty wild. Yeah, they do have those. And and Brian, have you played with um, the Eleven Labs voice synthesizer thing yet? No, I haven't. Because you know you can put in Ryan's voice in there, and then you can just make it say whatever you <laughs> you can deep oh, face yeah. Ryan's voice. Doesn't it, wasn't it? It needs ten minutes of audio. And it only needs like three. Like yeah, well, crazy. I'm thinking I have a whole bunch of check this out podcast the raw files that I can just upload That's Ryan's it. voice to it. And then I can do an interview with uh, Ryan, AI Ryan. Yeah, and and it'd be very appreciative of me. And yeah, like, it would be kind. You is know, is there a filter level? Is this is this like normal? Check this out, or is this like the pre-show? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to you have to type Which it more, in like more colorful. Like, yeah. yeah. Be colorful, full of Jedi juice, exactly. and uh, yeah. But don't mention some of the other stuff that he normally does. <laughs> The, the be nice to Brian yeah. one. Have you guys, that, speaking of AI, has anybody, have you guys played with the uh, Adobe, uh, the Photoshop's uh, generative fill yet? Yeah, I have. Just, oh, just downloaded God. it. I haven't played with it yet, uh, but it's pretty cool looking. It, Canva, Canva, I've been playing more in Canva's uh, work, and it's, again, it's it's amazing how far, how far both companies have come in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you guys are gonna have to revisit that conversation with uh, the Canva versus Adobe Express because now people are saying the Adobe Express tie-ins with all of this AI stuff that they've been working on and the Firefly coming back into it. Fireflies, yeah, looking gonna look awesome. Yeah, I, some of the things I saw them doing on there with the Firefly is just like, oh wow, that's really cool. And and it's funny because my this is not funny. My 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 father passed away recently, but I went and, and uh, scanned all of these old photos from the family, like, and he had a bunch of ones that are like from late 1800s even and so i'm interested wow. and they're like these tiny little photos but i'm scanning them at super high res and i'm waiting until the some of these these services on firefly come out because they're going to be like hey modernize make it make it hd photo even with the with the scan and then you can it'll clean up all the lines and almost make it like 3d with these people that are you know from four generations ago or five generations ago from my family so i think there's some really kind of super cool stuff that'll i mean again the cool and the scary all together but i think it'll come together and it'll be it'll be certainly interesting to see what happens ryan what's your uh what's your favorite ai tool brian or ryan ryan i could be honest i the, i've only really still dabbled with them and it was only basically chat gpt i did some of the the image stuff and that was just early on um but I really haven't really dabbled with it much. I just got the, I'm waiting for the new, we have to get the newest version of the uh, Photoshop set up on my computer so I can be able to play with the gender fill stuff. But for the most part, yeah, I've just been doing chat GPT. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, a, it's a, it's a wonderful place to, to, you know, to figure out a lot. Cause I think, I think chat GPT actually lets you kind of get a sense of what might go on in other places too. Brian, did, did you have a tool that you're, you're liking for this? Right now, again, uh, I tried to do uh, Dolly, but I have it. It's blocked out on my network at work, and then uh, when I come home, I'm. It's not my first thing uh, to get on a computer. The, so, do again, the Dolly for me, I just didn't find it really. It felt 
they didn't, they weren't great. The images, I'm like, I, I was playing around with it for a while, and nothing really came out. To I was trying to actually use it as I'm trying to create a game and to try to give me some kind of a character, and none of it was even remotely usable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think they're still like they need to come. That that's the trick with talking about them all right now is like. You never know when they're going to be really ready to go versus when it's like, hey, you're still experimenting and figuring it out. And we're just building our company on top of your experiments, which is a little frustrating yeah. to go back for me again. I like Ryan is the chat uh, GPT 3.5 and four, both versions, just like playing around with that. And again, I'm going I like I mentioned just a while ago, I've been really getting into CuriPod. Um, yeah. So because like you can just you can put in your topic. And then you put the grade level and one of them is uh, professional development. And so it kicks out and like, again, it has quizzes and stuff. And so I, I wrote to them on their Slack because again, my district, we pay for Nearpod. Mm-hmm. Um, really Nearpod is kind of expensive compared to, <laughs> compared to CuriPod. If, if CuriPod can in- implement some kind of a uh, time to climb game, because uh, that's a, the one thing with Nearpod I like. Uh, if they can put that in, I, I would, I would get a district license at CuriePod over. Yeah. Well, I do love that little option. They have the click one button and then it's just like in the middle of the slide deck. Now it's a game and we're just brain break time, game time. Let's just do it. And then boom, right back out. Like that's, that's super cool. And then if if that ties in together with your content for the day or whatever as well, or stuff you're working on, you know, I, I think they really do seem to be onto something there. Yeah. They got something going. So. All right. Okay. Should we go into our next segment? We have a list of segments, Brian. Uh, usually we go into something that we can we can check out. That's the name of the show. <laughs> you remember right. that button at least. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. the show is called Check This Out, so we'd like to be able to check these things out. We didn't even tell Brent until five minutes before. Like, do you got something to check out? And you said you did, Brent? Brent? Uh, sure. I'll start with, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going like kind of non AI stuff, I guess right now, but, okay. uh, but, I, but I'll, I'll share a few things that I think are, are useful, I guess. And so, uh, the first one that I'm doing is, um, the Adobe scan app on your phone. Have you uh, ever used that before? Yeah. All the time. It's like, I, you know, it's been, it's been there for a long time. And then I, I, you know, I kind of forgot about it a little bit and then I went back into it and it has a book scanning option in there. Right. And so it'll actually do two pages of a hardcover or a paper book or whatever it is. And so, so you put the book down. I've got it on a little, I've got my iPhone on one of those little uh, tripod things that you know that hovers over it and so i just scanned in a whole book that i own and so that these are some of the books that i want to use for references when i'm in japan but i don't want to carry these heavy books all the way overseas i like that and so i'm like okay i'm just gonna go through and i scanned like a a a 300 page book in about 20 minutes and just while i was watching tv and it's pretty cool because like it flashes the the little uh, the camera flashlight so yeah. so i get this little visual on like okay it's done boom flip and then the timing between them and it was great so i've got now i've got a couple of the books that i was really looking forward to checking out and reading and they're just in there they're mine so it's still fair use it's still you know it's still my book i'm not like sending these out to other people but i now i have the pdfs of these books and ready to access so uh, so I really do like some of the things that Adobe scan can do and, uh, you know, make, make your life a lot, more, well, a lot lighter anyways for for me and for traveling, but, but kind of keeping track of all these documents, I, I'm so messy with all of my documents. So I think it's going to be a great place to store them. 
Yeah, I've been using that. One of my favorite projects, I got inspired by the um, StoryCorps, and it's around Thanksgiving, which is interview a, a, a grandparent or somebody next generation kind of a thing. And instead of an audio, we, we, since I do a video class, I want my kids to be able to film it. And along the way, I go, instead of just filming the event, I want you to try to get some pictures of them from their past. And so you got your phone, so go around the house and literally, I mean, a lot of the kids, they don't even take the photos off the wall. They just go to the wall, but the photo scan, boop, 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 boop. And there you go, you got your pictures in there and it's just it's super easy. It's great, it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. They're very powerful. And then, and then, you know, like for most, most cases, you're fine with the scan that goes right in with the, the quality in your phone. And so it's, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, Ryan? What do you got? Uh, I got a game. You got a game. Ooh. <laughs> I got nothing but games. That's what I, my entire, if you would ask what Ryan O'Donnell does in the summer, this summer has been virtually, uh, not a lot. I did summer school last year and my wife was doing summer school and, and this year we have uh, both my kids are at home for the summer and they both got jobs and we had a couple little trips here or there. So I've just uh, I've gone all in with my uh, Ryan, the game show guy thing and just trying to develop and do everything I can, which is a lot, which is I'm just we, nonstop wait, making on games. Can we talk about that for a second, Ryan? Because I, I don't I, I don't think you've had an episode since you started oh. Ryan, the game show guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's all I What's do. What's writing the game show guy? Game shows. I've been doing game shows since 1996, since I first started. And so I do presentations on game shows. I play game shows in my classes. And I have you know, I put them on TPT, love it or hate it. But um, I give some away, and I, and I, and I charge for others. But um, I just love, I love the idea about making games, everything from Jeopardy to oh, it doesn't stop. Like I'm looking at my folder here, and it's just, oh, boy. Um, the games I'm, I'm working on right now is I'm working on Bingo. I'm working on Just Finished Press Your Luck. I'm working on uh, Battleship. I'm working on an I Spy game. That was yeah, kind nice. of interesting. Anyway, and so the one I want to play with you guys is my Battleship game. Are you yeah. interested? Would you like to try to play? Yeah. Are we going <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna play it right now. You can. I want you to see kind of how this works. So the the idea about Battleship that I came up with is this: every kid's got their Chromebooks, and I'm like, as I look look at all the different games that people traditional games that everybody kind of knows a little bit. We know Monopoly, you know, and basically it's not just game shows. It's either board games, card games, game shows. Like, what are some games that people know, and how can you can possibly incorporate it? And everybody's sitting there with their Chromebooks, and I'm like, the Chromebook just looks like a battleship board you flip it open and can i be able to use the um use the uh the chromebook to play battleship so if you if you two don't mind go to check out the um uh the copy uh the document that i just gave you guys in the chat room and the way in which that i'm doing this and it's almost done i'm about 90 percent finished with this game it's a two-part document game one is uh, a series of questions that i'm going to ask the class and that's going to be a document that you have with questions and answers and things like that. And then the other document is that every kid is going to open up their own separate uh, Google Slide document. And basically, this is their uh, their board. And so, as big and you can, and this is how the part I'm trying to be able to just finish up on is how many shots do you get? How do you earn shots? And so. I've, I've had one of my friends test it out. He did it a different way, and I did it a different way. Do you do you answer a question, win a shot, and then you take the shot, or do you answer five questions and then do your five shots or something like that? So, you guys follow me? Do you see how your board works? 
I do. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. So while you're talking, while I'm sitting here talking, can you try to move your uh, um, your your five different ships? And if you can remember, in Battleship, you have five. You got the carrier, the cruiser, the battleship, the sub, and the destroyer. And what they both have is they have two boards. They have their board where they're going to hide their ships, the upper grid. And that is the, I'm sorry, that's the lower grid, if you guys, the white one to the right-hand side. And then the red grid, the one next to it, this is sort of the clamshell, how you would lift it up, is where you would, um, 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 where you're going to be able to shoot at your opponent. So that's a little bit different. It's not the, I don't have one board on the bottom, one board on the top of my Chromebook because I got a keyboard. So they're both just on the screen sort of thing. All right, do you guys have your ships? I do. Give me just uh, one second. I'm, I've just got to get my last one. All right. And there, and so the ships are all horizontal, but you can put them in and rotate them. All we say is don't do them diagonal because um, in the normal thing, it only fits in certain slots. But these are just free-flowing since it's in Google Slides. Mine's in. All right. All right. So now uh, we're going to do a special. Instead of like 30 or 40 questions, I'm asking one question. <laughs> Each question will win you. Seven shots. Are you ready? You too. Okay, here's your question. What company is the company behind ChatGPT? Write them down. Bing in. No, it's not a bing in. Write them on your fake piece of paper that you have. Three, two, one. Show me your boards. Oh, and what did you have, Brent? (laughs) OpenAI. And Brian, you also had OpenAI too, right? That's right. (laughs) Nice job, you guys. You both won seven shots. So now I'm going to sit back, and we would do this for multiple questions, and the kids would win their shots kind of a thing, talk about their answers. And now, Brent, since you're our guest, why don't you launch a shot over at Brian? All right. So, Brian, I'm going to go with uh, B2. By the way, this goes over really well in an audio podcast where you see nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So now what each of them both have is a series of red and white little – the. What are those? Pegs. The pegs, pegs, yes. The pegs. And if and I have it does it only looks like there's a tray of a few of them, but there's actually a hundred on there. So now uh, I'm sorry, what did you say, Brent? Uh, B2. B2. Brian's gonna go look at his board. Brian, do you have a, a ship on B2? That was a hit. So now, Brent, can you guess what you're gonna do with either your red or white peg? I'm dragging a red peg to my B2. You got it! And now, remind me of the game. Do you you don't shoot again if you land, do you? Well, uh, you just said you gave seven shots. No, but back and forth. Is it one, me, you, me, you, me, you? Or I can't remember in the game. Is if you hit one, do you keep going? I think it's oh. back and forth. I think it's back and forth. All right, all right, Briggs, your turn. You turn turn to shoot. Uh, let's go with I seven. That's a miss. Ah, nice. And then you do your second shot, Mister Warner. Can you? Can you get a hit on that one, following where it is? Uh, I'm going to get a B3. That is a hit. Oh, my gosh. He's on his way to magic right there, blowing something up. And your turn, Mr. Briggs? C4. That's a miss. How is C4 a miss? It's the name of an explosive. Exactly. Jeez. All right. We'll end it there. But you get the basic idea of the game, guys, right? Yeah. So that's that's great. So, uh, so then it's... Are you providing the questions yeah. separately or are the students going to get access to it through two, online? Two separate or? things. So one is my classes will play. The kids will, will be over here playing on their Chromebooks. Then I'm presenting up on my screens the questions that we have. And the way that I did it my first time I did a little te- uh, is I would do question, 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 gather all of their shots, and then we would shoot back and forth to each other. 
So oh, it would okay. be a series of them. Uh, my other friend tried it. He would do one question shot, one question shot, sort of a back and forth thing. And then I got some fun ones like, hey, all of a sudden, boop, 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 this one's worth double, quadruple. And so I give a bunch of bonuses so they can get more shots in a game and things like that. And then the only other challenging part I had with this is how does it end? Because unlike a normal game where I'm in groups or teams, this is the entire class is just broken up into teams. And I, what I like doing was two on two. So it was, uh, I would say, hey, everybody, there's only, you're going to have uh, two Chromebooks for four people, get a partner. So it wasn't necessarily the entire class was head to head. There were two on twos. Um, and I forgot where I put my instructions, but basically, when we played to a certain number, um, you didn't, it wasn't that you sink all the opponent's ships and you've won because I'm now playing with, there's 15, 15 separate games going on at the exact same time. So we just right. did a math. If you've ever played like Blockus, it's basically how many pieces you have left. Or, so there is, if you notice when you pulled yours, uh, there's like a plus four, a plus five. So you count basically when all the questions are done, like, hey, add up all your hits, everybody. And if you sank it, any ships... If you sank a carrier, that's plus two. If you sank that destroyer, add a boat, an extra five to it, and then you get your totals. So we, once we're done with the number of questions, hey, everybody, who are, who are all on my winners? Nice. I, yeah. Another one I think, Ryan, I think would be good is, uh, again, checking for understanding at the end of a chapter test. As students, they create their own questions, and they ask their partner, hey, uh, and if, they get the, if the partner gets it right, they get to fire off a shot. If they're, if not, you know, oop, you miss kind of ah. a back and type thing. So they're doing it. Yeah. That they're generating the questions. Love that idea. So. I love it. It's simple. Like it's not hard to get into and to drag to the right places. Like it's well, it's well designed. It's easy to access. So this is, this is great. Thanks. And you've got like a hundred of these things, right? Like different, different types of games. Uh, yes, I got about a hundred games, but I got a good I, continuing making more and that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, I probably got about 15, 15 games and about another five in the works. Where can we find uh, the game? Oh, show you can find me on Twitter at Creative Tech, Creative Ed Tech, where I basically changed my handle. I'm on Instagram, Ryan the Game Show Guy. I'm on YouTube, Ryan the Game Show Guy. I'm on Teachers Pay Teachers, Ryan the Game Show Guy. So, yeah. Or you go to creativeedtech.com. You can find it all, right? I actually haven't changed the website yet. <laughs> I need to change Just it. put it on your website. I'll do that. And then we'll link it. We'll have that all of that. So Got it. awesome. What about you, Mr. Briggs? What do you got to share out? Uh, I'm going to share. It's actually a website here talking AI. Uh, I just put it in the chat. It is canopydirectory.com. Um, if you go to it again, it's an AI tool directory for educators built by the team at Canopy Education. So it has the tools broken down like. What kind of tool do you want to create a presentation or video, automatically create quizzes and assessments, write email reports, and again, create lesson plans. And you just hit that directory, you hit that button, and then it gives you a list of uh, different tools that you, that uses AI that you can use in the classroom. Oh, so nice. just a quick, fast thing. Um, learn some new ones. I, I do like on the on the front page there, they have trending tools, ones that are, you know, that are happening right now, like Google Bard, Teachers Report, CuriePod, Canva, Edpuzzle. So there's on there, and then there's uh, some of the newest tools. So I'm excited to play around and see how AI is integrated in some of these new tools. So that's canopydirectory.com. That is pretty cool, uh, because then you can just explore a little bit and see what you're going for. Yeah. 
Although I don't know about the, I mean, oh man, these companies, they come up with names. One of, the, one of these, one of these ones is called Crayon, C-R-A-I-Y-O-N. Yeah. And then we also have, uh, I'm not going to remember to spell all these, so I'm going to have to come back to these. Diffit. Diffit. Yeah. All right. So uh, I, I like that, though. That's very right. useful. I'm just clicking on, since I do everything in Google Slides, I'm going to Slides GPT. I want a slide deck about slide deck about. <laughs> See, that was my problem. My pre the pre show the pre show came back and bit me a little bit. There you go. <laughs> ah, language, not good. <laughs> anyway, a new experimental create presentations directly if you use Chat GPT. So I want a slide deck. I want a slide deck about, ooh, uh, classroom games. Ooh. I wonder if Ryan the Slideshow guy will come up. The game show guy. Do, 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 do. And then there's a little uh, hamster on a wheel kind of spinning around because he's their little, uh, it's looking for educational benefits, types of classroom games. Game design is, it's, it's, is what the wheel is producing. And here comes my slide deck. In this presentation, there's slide number two. Yeah, this is crazy. Game design. Hey, so here's a slide. Game design. Uh, bullet points. Rules. Next one, objective. Next one, feedback mechanisms. Game mechanics. You got points, levels, rewards. Oh, my God. Game-based learning. Active learning, collaboration, personalization. And for all of them, there's an image. Just the classic you know, bullet points on one side, text on another, but... Hey, tips for classroom man management. Set clear expectations. Jeez, I got to turn this in for my next cube presentation. There you go. You're good to go. That's awesome, man. Wow. All right. That was, what did you say it was again, Brian? Canopy? That CanopyDirectory.com. Awesome. Nice nice one. Thank you. I, who, and you got another one? We'll go around the horn. Brent, you have an, another one? Uh, Yeah, I'll go with one. Um, So, uh, I'm going to go with a, with the one that I just love. I, I've shared this for years in my presentations, um, but it's called e-comments, e-comments. Um, and what it does is uh, it's a Chrome plugin. Again, I think you can buy it for 20 bucks or 25 bucks or something. But, uh, but basically what it does is like the comments that you might leave on a Google Doc or on a Google Slides for your students, if you're repeating those comments over and over again, it will uh, create a quick little button, and then you can. If, so, if you have like a standard set of messages, so in my classes, there's often grammar issues, for example, and then I can just click a single button right on the Google Doc, and it will give a full comment to the student about what that problem, you know, what that thing I'm highlighting is. And so, so it'll already. Uh, I'll put that into the chat for you. As well. I'm waiting on it. it. Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, so everybody, what everybody do, has this problem of just constantly repeating the comments. Exactly. And, and it makes it exhausting. Like it makes it just so tiresome. And so what it does is you build your own custom grid and and they just have little tiny marks on them and you you click on it. And so you say, hey, I want to, uh, you know, this, this is a verb tense problem, right? You're using the wrong verb tense on here. Click. And then it'll tell them however much or however little you want. And you can even put in links inside of those comments. So you could say like, hey, uh, if it's a verb tense problem, click on that link and then you can go 
watch the Khan Academy video on how to understand these verb tense problems or whatever else it is. And so, so you can just spend little quick clicks and just say, hey, this is what this problem is. The same way back in the day, we used to write little comments on top of writing, you know, so we would write like VT as a little code for them to go check it out. But here you can just do it all quick with single clicks and you can customize it. You can also, you can do voice notes on there. You can do screen recordings. You can do videos inside of there that all load into your Google Drive. And so if you wanted to kind of reuse the same things over and over again, um, it is, it's, it's, my favorite tool and it's my go-to every day when I'm teaching. And so, uh, you know, for my classes for writing and those types of things, when I'm working with students on Google docs, it's just super powerful. So e-comments is a wonderful tool and highly recommended. All right. I got it installed already. I played with, what was the other one? Moat. Tried that for a little (laughs) bit about the, uh, for the e-comments. And first I think it was one or two assignments I used and I just forgot about it, but I've always keep telling myself, I want to go back to that, of the, I love moat. So I do use the two of them together in combination. I use moat for, um, like for my comments where I'm actually commenting on the students individual work, like, Hey, what are you doing? So I want them to hear my voice and Mm -hmm. hear what I'm actually saying to them about their content. I use e-comments for, you know, mistakes or little problems that are showing up. So that you typically grammatical issues, sometimes writing structural issues. Yeah. Yeah. But if, but I use moat all the time for when it's like, Hey, this is something I want to say to you. I want to share to you about how you're coming up with your ideas or whatever else it is, because I think that voice is just so important for them to hear that I'm not like, screaming at them or, or, you know, like you might read those comments on the side as, as a little bit harsh. And I think moat really helps to show like, Hey, I'm actually coming, you know, <laughs> depending on how late it is in the day, I'm coming at this with compassion instead of, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mad because of this. And I think a lot of times those written ones come off as being a little bit, uh, angry or, you know, or a little bit cold and the tone doesn't come across. When, when you grade something, the kids will never know, but were you the first, were you the last? It's very much different, the responses yeah. I give. What is this trash? As I said before, if you were listening you. in class. Yeah. Uh, you got it. How about you, Ryan? You got another one for us? Check, 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 check this out. Well, you got to check out the chat, everybody. I know we talked Ooh. about it, and Briggs, you're, you're familiar with old Flippity, aren't you? Yes. Flippity is just, I haven't been there in a while. If you haven't been, checked out Flippity, everybody, flippity.net. It is just, what are these things? Are they programs? What are they? They're they're almost, yeah, they're like programs. Back in the day, they'd be like applets, you know, little flash applets. Yeah. Little little baby apps. Little Little baby apps for your your computers. It's almost rare. It's refreshingly rare to go to a thing and go, oh, where's all the... Like when you click on, uh, and basically these are, do you want to make a word search? Do you want to have a matching game? Do you, want to, uh, do you want to build a snowman? Do you want to do a Wordle game? Do you want to do a tournament bracket? And then you're like, okay, where are the thousand ads and the other stuff? And you're like, no, you just go there. Make a tournament bracket. And there's, oh, here's a tournament bracket of all the pre- uh, presidents. And then you can click on them and you're like, oh, let's say Abraham Lincoln won that one and George Washington won that one. And you're like, wait, what if I want to do that and I want to make my own? Then you just make your own. There's no ads. There's no signups. Don't log in with Facebook or Google. You just make these things, and they're just amazing. Um, I've been using them both in my game show, in Ryan the Game Show guy, with the uh, one of my new games that I'm putting out is Bingo. I have a all these things, but basically, can you have your own bingo card? And yes, you can print your own bingo cards, you know, and have the kids write in their own 
basically, if you wanted to do like uh, your terms in there, instead of numbers B1 or O52, you could have just rant, rant, you can have your unit study guide words on there. And Flippity does, Flippity does, you could just, hey, I'll upload my study guide and then say, make me 35 or 70 bingo cards and print them. And it's that simple and that easy. And so I've been using Flippity for a while, but then I checked if you guys would go over to the main Flippity one and check out the Flippity board game. I think it's in the upper right-hand corner and click on demo. This is just super slick. Like it's a board game that it just looks kind of like Candyland a little bit and everything's built in. There's a little dice I can and a hand next to it. If I click on the die or the hand, it just rolls a number, a random number. Like that's built in. And if I can want to be able to be the red token, I can just grab him and move him around. And I land on a space. You hit, uh, you hit the letter on the letter space, and it tells you, hey, move six spaces forward. You're like, so what is all this? And it's basically just a, it's a shell that make your own board game. And Brent, you were mentioned, or Brian, you mentioned about the idea about kids making their own. Like, this is awesome. You can create your own game mechanics and structures, but there's a board game built in here that you can do all of it just within there, and then they can share this game with anybody. You click the share button and send it to mom and dad or whatever. Just, yeah, super cool and easy to use. Well, I'm looking. I hit one of the cards and it says you can embed Desmos on your card. Those cards are amazing because they let you do all sorts of things. You can embed images. You can put in a YouTube video right into it. Like you can Holy do all these cow, different things. Desmos is unbelievable. I'm looking at a an axis here, and I can just pull. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, it's it's super cool. Super. And and like you said, Ryan, I think that part's amazing. Which is this? Like you don't have to give your information over you don't have to you know you don't you don't have to do anything and so it just feels comfortable for me sharing that with students knowing there's not going to be weird you know weird side ads popping up all, like so many of these games for kids i'm like the ads on here it's are so crazy. wrong so yeah. let's and say so, if you want to yeah. make your board game you click share and it gives you a flippity link and you're like okay that's it there's no anything else there's no like hey student i, I don't know about you brian on the student data privacy piece but there's right. no data right Everything yeah. is just, they're just pushing. They're not getting anything. Yeah. Good stuff. Crazy like stuff. That's flippity.net. Like what about you, Mr. Briggs? Uh, I'll go the last one while I'm loading it in. Um, one app I haven't tried yet is uh, in the Apple world, Final Cut. Is, hmm. you know, that's their video. They did make an iPad app. Um, it's $40 a year subscription. I haven't played with it. I haven't downloaded it yet. Uh, but that's something I want to check out. But what I want to share with you is this app. It's called Snipped. Uh, not that's not something you go to the doctor, you know. Uh, and for the gentleman out there, uh, Snipped S N I P D. Um, basically, what it is, it uses AI. And so uh, on my phone here, I did uh, episode eighty-seven from the Diesel podcast, uh, the twelve AI tools to explore over the summer. What it does is AI goes through and listens, kind of looks at uh, the audio, and it broke it down into chapters. So in on there, and then if you click on the chapter, like chapter 12, Fly, Firefly and Adobe's AI integrations, 32 minutes in, it's three minutes long. And if I click on that, it will play that part. And if I hit on the info, it transcribes just like an introduction to that part there. So... All you do is you go into um, the the app and you just load in a, a podcast 
uh, like you can do the checks out, you can do Dang. anyone on there and it puts it in there. So hmm. uh, it's really cool. My thing is I just like the chapter part. Um, you know, we've been trying to think about doing, how do you do chapters in our own podcast? Oh, we don't need to, it's, it's, this is going to do it for us. That's awesome because it is a ton of work to try and figure it out. Yeah. Like when you're creating for other people and it's like, okay, I'm going to break the, nah, you guys just go listen to it and figure it out. But then like, I've had ones where I've like listened to you guys when I'm on my walk and then I'm like, Oh, they said some super cool tool. And then I run and I go home. I'm, I'm checking your show notes, which aren't there. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so now I have, <laughs> yeah, that shows, that shows up on the audio podcast. Doesn't it right there? That's right there. That's Tom. Mm. It's two of them. The only way you'll be number one, Mister OD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so, like, tell somebody I'm, else they're number one. Anyway, I'm looking on it. Also, again, if if there's if there's a chapter you're not interested, it says if you're walking, it says if you triple click on your headphones, it will just go to the next chapter, um, based on what you're listening. So if it's something you don't oh, want to wow. hear about. Is this thing uh, free? Is this just a free app? That's I've been only doing the free component of it. So this is so this is a so this is actually a podcast uh, cat a podcatcher catcher. then too. And so th- yeah. this, this could be your default podcatcher that all automatically kind of oh, gives you some of the information that you want. Mm-hmm. That is super cool. I'm downloading it right now. So that's 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 my quick one. Nice. Are we supposed to do a quick one? Is that is that where we're no, doing it? No, I didn't want to take up time because we've gone over an hour and I've taken your time and you got packing to do. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'll I'll share a super uh, I'll share a super quick one uh, <laughs> just because we're in the death of of Twitter right now and oh and I That's, like to just do a little yeah. stabbing of that at the same time. So. Um, uh, have you guys seen the blue blocker? Uh, chrome extension on there Mm-mm. i don't know if this is appropriate maybe some people get angry from this but basically <laughs> what it does is it scans through everyone that has a blue check mark and it oh blocks them from God. your <laughs> you, you, oh, shared, you shared the the search bar or whatever like that a couple weeks ago and i used it and yeah it's yes wow and it's like, so there's, there's like an old one that's like, and they were like, oh, is it going to be able to be able to difference? So you can set little parameters on it. So it's like, if you're already following someone, it'll keep them on there, but it'll block out people that you're not following. And so I would say that the vast majority of people are not switching over to, <laughs> to that. I, I've seen some of the people on, uh, you know, edge of Twitter that are on there, but like, since I'm already following them, they stay on there. And so there are some legit people that do have the blue for whatever reasons, but the vast majority of those comments and the, the comment follow-ups are so bad and so frustrating that I'm just spending all this time scrolling past them. And so now they're just all automatically blocked. If I'm checking Twitter on my, on my uh, Chrome browser, it doesn't work in my phone, you know, whatever. It doesn't just find them that way. But if you're on there, then it's pretty great. So, uh, so if you want to kind of clean up your, your Twitter feed before it, breathes its last dying gasp uh <laughs> blue blocker is a good one mm-hmm. which which leads uh brent this leads into something i think a future episode uh is the threads is that new one from uh mark zuckerberg yeah. and uh threads and uh blue sky blue sky, is mm-hmm. blue blue sky, sky i'm is, interested in yes there's two and I, I and i think i saw on the socials i saw uh a spreadsheet of like 500 people 
that's on Blue Sky. And then I saw there's another one that are on uh, Threads that, you know, the, that jumped like Eric Kurtz has one on that did it on Threads. There's like 500 people on there that you can follow. So, yeah, yeah it's something to find. But again, what's crazy is all of the privacy data sharing that uh, Threads is doing. It wants to know your purchases. It wants to know your health data. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, is threads, it, is, threads is, I mean, anything Facebook and Meta is going to be super invasive. So is it basically <laughs> yeah. the same thing when you sign up for Instagram or Facebook? Is it the same pro- private privacy policy mo- mostly? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, because what it does, it literally connects you, like, the, they did a pretty smart setup with that, which is that they literally just, it's, it's connected to Instagram. And so you go on on your Instagram and it's like, Hey, everybody who you follow on Instagram is already has, or might have a threads account. And so then you're, you're already kind of locked in with something like, you know, several hundred people already that you're following. Um, and so I I've signed up for both of these and they both have little ups and little downs and you know, they're, they're all a little raw and rough. Uh, I just want Twitter back from 2022 and before, but (laughs) everything about it. I want, I want, I want Twitter back. I want the conversations that the people were doing back. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Uh, yeah. It's gone. Oh. All it's right. also kind of crickets right. out there, too. I mean, for the people who are still there, yeah. it's just sometimes. Uh, anyway. It's hard to engage. I mean, I think there's a whole there's a whole thing with, like, just being tired of all this stuff and being. Yeah. I think there's still COVID leftover, just oh for sure malaise and all yeah. that. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just not not the same as it was a handful of years ago. I don't know if it'll ever come back. I'll be honest. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it may be done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan, do you got anything? All right, that's it. Okay, I got something for you. What's what's a good title for this episode? What do you think? Blue blocker wasn't bad, but. <laughs> Friends journey. I had a uh, manga kissa. Is that what it's called? Manga kissa. Yeah. Prince, Prince, big blue blocker. And I yes, put it in the right. chat. Did anybody else remember the blue blocker commercials from the 1990s? Yes. 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 <laughs> Can you Rent still get them? I clicked on the, it's only 1995 plus $4 uh, postage. Yeah. You can still get them. They're, they're out there. They're cheaply made. Wow. Wait, are we doing a, what are we listening to thing or no? Cause I had to listen. Sure. What are you listening to? Uh, what are you listening to? Uh, I'm going to listen. I'm going to recommend some audiobooks by Stephen Fry. Have you guys listened to oh, the uh, audiobooks of Mythos, Heroes, and Troy? Three books. Not. Oh my God, they're so good. So Mythos, Heroes, and Troy. Uh, they're all Greek mythology. So the the whole history of like the beginning, the beginning days is like Mythos, and it kind of goes into the whole history of Greek mythology. And then Heroes is kind of the second age, right when you're starting getting into um, you know Hercules and those types of things, all still myth. And then Troy is the closest one that there's some you know uh, history of evidence of, but it's it's really fascinating because Stephen Troy is just. So, or sorry, Steve, Stephen Fry is so uh, great, and he comes up with these. You know, one, he narrates his own book, so it's wonderful. But then also, um, he gives kind of his own versions of all of these classical Greek stories, and they're you know a slight, little bit naughty, but very funny, very clever. Um, and if you're a little bit interested in Greek mythology, uh, that is a wonderful series. Um, the Stephen Fry. Uh, Greek mythology th- series is high recommendation. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought Briggs shared the link to it, but no, he shared a link to the blue blocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blue, blue blockers. Blue blockers 35 bucks. On Amazon. 
35. Uh, I got something not really listening, but what watching. Um, so, Brent, on your plane ride, you should download the season two of The Bear. I don't know oh. if you've been. I don't know if yeah. you've watched The Bear. No, uh, I heard it's good. Then watch season one and season two on your trip over, your flight over. It's it's a great series. Uh, so you need to check. I haven't started two. I've done. The, I've only done uh, season one, but really enjoyed it. It's a lot. My wife's like, it's just everything's just, a lot of yelling. It's just very intense. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of yeah. yelling. He, he inherits a restaurant. It's a like a three star chef inherits his brother's restaurant who passed away. It's kind of a dive in Chicago. So he was in New York at one of the top notches and then he comes uh, and takes over. And then uh, season two is he pretty much starts to he guts that restaurant and starts a new restaurant, his own menu and, and the journey of that to opening day. It's yeah, there's. There's an episode in each that is, oh my goodness, it's like, holy cow, what did I get into? Uh, it's like overwhelming and a lot of, like Ryan says, a lot of yelling. Mm-hmm. All right, so, I will, I'm, I'm downloading it. It'll be perfect yeah. for the plane ride. Yeah, it, 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 it's exactly. So the bear, check that out. The bear is a good one. I, and for me, mine's a listen. Mine's the end of another podcast. It seems like. A lot of podcasts stop. This one actually officially ends, as opposed to like many of ours, they just we just stopped doing them. Uh, this is one that's been going on for several years. This is Walter Isaacson, the author. He's been doing a thing called Trailblazers, uh, uh-huh. and I, pl- I I use this with my class at times because he's done basically how innovation has changed in you pick the you pick the field, how innovations changed with maps or ice cream, sports officiating, coffee, innovation changed beer and skyscrapers and all that and his first one was on cameras i believe and the last one he did that came out on april 5th i've listened to it it was a wonderful one i'm like i'm gonna play this for my kids we're gonna make a little thing on it um and it was about visual effects the basically special effects and movie magic and all that sort of stuff and at the end he said that's it everybody <laughs> see you later i'm oh, like so he didn't- oh Wait, so it was unannounced end? Like, it didn't even, it, you didn't even know? I did not know until the end of the episode, he said. And this will be our final one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And who knows what's in the future. But, yeah, it looks like he did about 100, 150 episodes, maybe. Kind of a thing. And so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. You want to be able to think about, like I shared one of them with our sports medicine teacher. Because how sports medicine changed and over time and such and so it's a they're short little histories of basically you pick your field and there's going to be something on there so that's that's it. and he's still got him and he's putting out um you know, redo the some of the existing ones what's that called um when they redo them replay yeah, like that. anyway but that's trailblazers walter I- rerun all cool. right that was it well that was fun so got- thanks so much for joining us dude thank you Thanks for having me. I'm, and I'm like sitting there just staring at my phone trying to download all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and safe travels. And please, uh, no. we'll be following along. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll send you guys a link because uh, I will make some sort of different account that's just about the traveling stuff. And so I'll send that along uh, when I make it. Okay. But Love it. Looking forward see to you, seeing that, that YouTube, that see TikTok, you that whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Some, something, something out there. Yeah. Very good. So till next time. You need to check this out. Am I supposed to out? This out. Check this out. Smooth this whiskey. <laughs> and scene. <laughs>